Bruce Springsteen. The fully developed brain. Peter Pan. Brothers. And a bookended song. Bruce Springsteen. The fully developed brain. Peter Pan. Brothers, and a bookended song. Those are not the words that will fill in the blanks this morning. <laughs> I will be referring to them throughout my message. However, we are in week four. Week four of Pastor Bruno's series entitled Generations. And our topic this morning is Younger Men, if you would turn in your Bibles to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, it's on page 998 if you use the Bible under the seat in front of you. Pardon me, 998, I'm not sure what I just said. 998. Titus chapter 2. And in keeping with the entire passage, I'll start at verse 1 and read through verse 8. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. I'm reading from the King James Version. The Bible says this, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, Grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they may be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Would you bow with me, please? Lord, I'm so thankful for your word. thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for your people. And I'm thankful for every generation that is present here. 
And I pray this morning that you will speak to our hearts. This is a message for everyone in the room. So may your Holy Spirit move. Please, dear God, may your Holy Spirit do a work in us. And may we purpose, when it's all done, to do something. May we act. May we not just here. May we be doers of the word going forward. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've noticed uh, something from verses 6 through 8. That's where we're concentrating this morning. Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 is uh, where we're mostly focusing. I wonder if you've noticed something from this passage like I have. In Titus chapter 2, there are only two types of men. You get that? You are either an older man or you are a younger man. There's no middle man. You are either older or younger. In three months, three months, I'll be 56. I see you're shocked. (laughs) In three months, I'll be 56 years old. In my head, in my head, I'm a younger man. I am still young in my head. And then I get out of bed. And this is me from the bed to the bathroom. Because my back is sore. And my knees ache. And I'm reminded that I'll be 56 in three months. And I'm not exactly young. Can you relate? Yes. I love basketball. I love basketball. I played basketball when I was a kid for hours and hours. When you're a kid, your goal, if you love basketball, is to be able to jump and hit the bottom of the net. And when you do it, you have another goal. The next goal is to touch the rim. And when you get there, you have another goal. What is it? You got to dunk, man. You got to dunk. You got to dunk. That's the goal. That is the goal. I had a younger... I was the oldest of three. I was the oldest of three sons. Uh, My brother Chuck was... Uh, 
a year and a half younger than I was. Uh, he matured faster than I did. He was shaving before I did. My dad bought us an electric razor, each an electric razor, on the same Christmas morning. I know he gave one to me because he was giving one to Chuck. He didn't want me to feel bad. Chuck needed it. I didn't. Well, Chuck was jumping out of the gym before I was. He was dunking before I was. But I was a late bloomer. When I got to college, I actually reached that goal. Man, and I'm telling you, ugh, I was throwing it, Uriah. I was throwing it, man. Bruises. Bruises on my forearm. I thought that was awesome. Until after a while, eh. And then you get to the point where you can't do it anymore. And you really miss those days. Bruce Springsteen wrote a song about me. And perhaps about many of you as well. He changed the names to protect the innocent. So he made me a baseball player instead of a basketball player. You remember this? I had a friend who was a big baseball player back in high school. He could throw that speed ball by you and make you look like a fool, boy. I saw him the other night at a roadside bar. I was walking in. He was walking out. I was going to get ginger ale. He went back inside. We had a few drinks, and all he kept talking about was glory days. Yep, they'll pass you by. Glory days. In the wink of a young girl's eyes, glory days. Glory days. You know, when you get to the point where I am and you're thinking about glory days, you probably can't qualify yourself as a younger man. However, John MacArthur, and many of you are aware of John MacArthur. He's a pastor out in California, a renowned teacher, has his own radio program, a writer. Some of you probably have his study Bible with you right now. He identifies, he suggests that younger, pardon me, older men are 60 years of age and up. Whew. I just made it. <laughs> He says, younger men are 12 and up. That's a pretty wide span, isn't it? From 12 to 59. Mm. I'm not here to call you an older man or a younger man. That's up to you. I'm here to tell you this. This message this morning is for you, no matter who you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're a male or female. This message is for you, and I challenge you to hear a word from the Lord this morning. I'm going to lose my spot in my notes if I keep walking away. Okay, for the next 30 minutes or so, 
no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, I want you to receive these words as being written directly to you. These words that the Apostle Paul, under the Holy Spirit's inspiration, wrote to Titus, I want you to think of them as being written directly to you. So, in your handout, this morning, I am Titus. I am Titus, and I'm receiving these words this morning from Titus, from Paul, pardon me, from the Apostle Paul. I am Titus. I'm receiving these words from the Apostle Paul, who wrote under the direction of the Holy Spirit. It's just a simple reminder as you look down at your notes. I, this morning, am Titus. So, what are you commanded to do, Titus? What are you, this morning, commanded to do? Paul writes three commands. Three commands. Point A in your handout. Exhort the younger men. To be self-controlled. The King James says, sober-minded. Exhort the young men to be sober-minded or self-controlled. Let me start out with the word exhort. There is a Greek word, parakaleo, parakaleo. Literally means to call to the side. So if you're playing basketball like I did, and you're not executing the offense correctly, the coach calls a timeout. And he calls you to the side, and he gives you Strong encouragement to do it right. And this is how you do it. That is parakaleo. It is someone coming alongside of someone else and giving them strong encouragement to do something. Exhort the younger men Church, Titus, you are Titus. Exhort the young men to be self-controlled. I'm reading, I'm currently reading a book by uh, Chuck Swindoll. I'm, I'm a, I really like Chuck Swindoll. And I, I don't know, I don't know if this comes, I don't know if this is original to him. Okay, But he may have attributed it to someone else. I, I, I just don't recall. But he wrote these words. We are to be in the construction business. Not the destruction business. We must 
be building up young men. We must be building up one another in the church. Dads, you must be building up your sons. Grandparents, your grandsons. Wives, your husbands. Build them up. Nephews, students, teachers, young men in your community, young men here at Grace Church. Build them up. That is the command. Build them up. I am so thankful for the men and women who poured into me when I was young. When I was a boy, when I was a teenager, when I was a young adult. And I'm thankful for those who continue to pour into me today. I'm thankful for that. It makes a difference. Building others up does not stop. It does not end. Oh, I'm done. There you go. Uh-uh. Build one another up. Exhort young men to be sober-minded or self-controlled. That same word, self-controlled, is translated uh, elsewhere in the King James as temperate or discreet. It has to do with self-restraint that governs the emotions and the desires and overall behavior. It's a virtue that Proverbs speaks of. Throughout the Proverbs, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for giving knowledge and discretion to the young. Proverbs 1, 1 and 4. Discretion will protect you. Proverbs 2.11. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. That is discretion. Do not let them out of your sight. Proverbs 3.21. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight that you may maintain Discretion, Proverbs 5, verses 1 and 2. Several years ago, there was a big push for juvenile justice reform. Uh, There's still talk today about ending the school-to-prison pipeline. I support that. One of the arguments uh, that is used is the development of the brain. Did you realize that the brain does not fully develop until the age of 25? The age of 25. How can juveniles be held accountable for their actions when the last part of the brain to mature is the area that controls impulses and decision-making? That's the argument. Now, there needs to be accountability. That's my position. But I get this. Young men especially 
need someone to come alongside them to encourage them to control their emotions and their impulses. From the Steve Salvis perspective, we shouldn't be in the business of excusing juvenile crime. But we should be in the business of ending juvenile crime altogether by reaching young people with the gospel message, by building them up, by discipling them and mentoring them. That is what will truly make a difference in the lives of young men. Going back to Titus chapter, seven, verse two, or chapter 2, verse 7, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. What am I commanded to do? What are you, Titus? What are you, Titus, commanded to do? Be the example of good works to younger men. Be the example of good works to younger men. Paul says, use me as your example. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me then, just as I imitate Christ. Use me as your example. And that's Paul's charge to you, Titus. That's Paul's charge to you, every one of you. Be the example. Be the example. Have you ever heard of, all of you are familiar with Peter Pan. All of you. Have you ever heard of the Peter Pan syndrome? This is from a book called The Peter Pan Syndrome. Men Who Have Never Grown Up by Dr. Dan Kiley. This was written in 1983. Listen to this. Today's children live in troubled times. This is 1983. Have things changed? 36 years later? It's worse. Today's children live in troubled times. It's not unlike the turbulence that surrounded Peter Pan and his serene never-never land. But unlike our hero, our children are unable to fly off and stay young forever. Like Peter's contemporaries, our male children are suffering the most. All across our land, young men are refusing to grow up. Thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, are moving toward a manhood that frightens them. In a state of fear, they rush to join the ranks of the Legion of the Lost Boys. Sooner or later, many overcome their fears of adulthood and drop out of the Legion, but many others surrender to their fear and pledge allegiance to the cause of being lost. The Legion of Lost Boys has members of all ages. Many successful adult men still behave like lost children. This book is fascinating. 
and it's sad. Overwhelmingly, sufferers of Peter Pan syndrome are men, and they have a real fear of adulthood. Their preference is to avoid commitment and all types of conflict. They're not interested in pursuing a career. They're unreliable. 1 Corinthians 13.11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Men, we need you to be an example to younger men on how to be a real man. Paul charged Titus. He charges you today. Be the example of good works to younger men. He gave the same charge to Timothy, and he expounded on it by identifying in what way he was to be an example. 1 Timothy chapter 4 Verse 12, I'll read the whole verse. It says, let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the, to the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. 1 Timothy 4.12, the second half, set for the believers an example. ESV. Set for the believers an example. In what ways? In what ways am I to set an example? Paul identifies to Timothy five areas. The first, in speech. This is everything I say in public or in private. Put away lying, Ephesians 4.25. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, Ephesians 4.29. Set the example in speech, in conduct. This is your behavior. This is righteous living. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, 1 Peter 1.15. Number three, in love. This is referring to self-sacrifice. It's not about me. It's about others. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. 1 John 3.18. Number four, in faith. Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Faith, or better, by their faithfulness. This is faithfulness and commitment. It's not simply belief. Number five, impurity. This means not contaminated by the world. Modesty. 
is intended. Sexual purity is intended. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to keep oneself unspotted from the world. James 1, 27. We must be an example to our young men. Next, Paul says to Titus, teach, teach the younger men. Look at Titus chapter 2 again, starting at verse 7, second half of verse 7, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. In doctrine refers to teaching. Let me, let me pause just for a moment. If you are a teacher, if you are in the teaching profession, God bless you and thank you. And I mean that sincerely. Thank you for your work. It is not an easy profession. Thank you for your investment in the lives of young people. If you're a Sunday school teacher, or if you teach in a life group, thank you. You are pouring into the lives of people, young and old. And the leadership here at Grace Church appreciates you. Maybe you teach in children's church or Awana or Vacation Bible School. We thank you. You're making a difference. But let me be clear. We are all called to be teachers. You may not have the teaching gift, but you can come alongside of someone and teach them. Paul says to Titus, in your teaching, teach with integrity. Teach with dignity. Teach with a deep care for those you are teaching. Teach a sound message, but teach. Teach the younger men. Point D, I'm going to go back. If you go back in your Bibles, just several pages, go back to 1 Timothy chapter 5. I would be remiss if I did not include this to you in your handout. 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2. Listen to this. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy and Titus are contemporaries. One's a Jew, one's a Gentile, but they're very close to the same age. They're doing similar things. They're leading ministries. They're overseeing ministries. These are pastoral epistles. Verses 1 and 2, chapter 5, 1 Timothy. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the older women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. This is what Paul says here. Paul appeals to the older man as if he's your... Paul says to appeal to the older man as if he is your dad. If you need to come alongside your dad, you're going to do it with respect 
and gentleness. At least I would hope. When you come along an older man, treat them with respect and gentleness. In truth and in love, but respectfully and gently. He then says to treat the younger men, how? Like a brother. Like a brother. Treat the younger man like a brother. When you were growing up, who was allowed to beat up your brother? I want an honest answer. Honest answer. When you were growing up, if you had a brother, who was allowed to beat up your brother? You were! Yes! You were! And you were the only one. No one else, right? I had two brothers. That's the way it was in my house. That's the way it was. So if you confront an older man, you do it with respect. You do it gently. When you confront a younger man, you can do it like a brother. Now listen, don't get me wrong. Don't go home and say, Steve said. As we grow into adulthood, the physical fights are no more, right? But we can still be firm. We can still be a little more straightforward. Not necessarily as gentle. You need to do it right, and here's how to do it right. I'm not going to say that to my dad. I'll say it to my brother. So, treat the younger man like family. Like family with a deep sense of love and concern for his well-being. Yeah, we might fight, but nobody loves him like I do. The church is family, right? Amen? Amen. I probably need to speed this up. So what's the younger man commanded to do? We looked uh, at the second half of uh, 1 Timothy 4. If you're still at 1 Timothy, you're in 1 Timothy 5, just look over to uh, uh, chapter 4 for a moment. Verse 12 Verse 12 says this, the first part of verse 12, let no man despise thy youth. 1 Timothy 4, the first part of verse 12. What's that mean? Don't let, so if you tell, if you tell your son don't let anybody steal your lunch money. Well, he's going to be, all right, hey, I'm saving my lunch money. Don't you touch me. I'm ready to fight. Paul's not telling anyone to fight if, you start, if someone looks down on your youth. That's not what he's saying. The challenge is to the young man. The challenge is to hear Timothy. Don't give anyone a reason to look down on your youth. 
Don't give anyone a reason to consider your age. Don't give anyone a reason. So how do I accomplish this? How does a young man accomplish this? Be Titus. Be Titus. Live by the characteristics Paul highlighted in Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, young men. Build others up. Exhibit self-controlled behavior. Be an example of good works in your speech, in your conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. If you do this, no one will have a reason to look down on your age. No one will be able to criticize you with any credibility. That's what the end of verse 8 means in Titus chapter 2. They'll have no argument against you. Their, their criticism won't hold water. So, what's the application of all of this as we wrap things up? The application of all of this. Simply this. And it's for all of you. It's for every one of you. Every one of you can be and must be a Titus to someone else. You must make it a goal to pour into someone's life today. Young men needed you. Young men need you. A young Steve Salvis sure needed you. I'll say it again. I am deeply thankful for those who poured into me. I would not be here. But by God's grace and those whom he used to pour into me, you can be that for someone else. I open the message with the words uh, to the song Glory Days uh, by Bruce Springsteen, so I'm going to bookend my message with another song. This is a song by a uh, group called For Him. Uh, I really, I, back in the 90s, I think the song was re- released in the 90s. I, I don't recall uh, with certainty, probably the late 90s. I, I just love this song. I, I really felt like uh, this was uh, a theme song for me and Blair uh, for a while, and, and still is. Listen, listen to these words. I'm not going to be able to do that, especially after wearing my voice out. <laughs> the signs are obvious, they are everywhere. All that we hear about is the gloom and despair. Too many would-be prophets saying it's the end of it all. Because Mother Earth can't take much more. The hammer's going to fall. Hear that a lot. 
So nature has its needs. That's a lesson learned. But it appears to me there are greater concerns. Because we can save the planet, think, we can't save the planet thinking we will somehow survive. Father, time is calling us to save somebody's life, so I won't bend and I won't break. I will not water down my faith. I won't compromise in a world of desperation. What has been, I cannot change, but for tomorrow and today, I must be a light for future generations. I must be a light for future generations. I leave you with this. It's not about the past. It's not about the past. It's not about glory days. It's about our future. It's about our young people. No matter your age. And... No matter your age, you need to be pouring, 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 pouring into our young people. Please. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Now do the work, please, Lord. May we act. May we act on the word. I pray that every one of us will leave this building determining that we will be a Titus to someone and make a difference, building up young people. Thank you for your presence here today, God. And thank you for your people. In Jesus' name.